Awesome. Well, nice to e-meet you, Kyle. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your Friday evening to talk to Canadian Game Devs. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. So, born in Newfoundland, where in Canada are you calling from now? Currently living in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Mm, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said on your website, uh, in your bio, that you're, quote, trying to make stuff that's enjoyable to create and entertaining to experience. How'd you settle on that mantra? Well, I mean, uh, I think with creative stuff in general, at least for me so far in my life, uh, I think I have to just enjoy creating it first and foremost because, you know, you make something. It doesn't always end mm. up being successful. I would say most of the time it doesn't end up being successful if you're if you're like an up-and-comer. Mm -hmm. So I think first and foremost it has to be something that, uh, you know, it's just entertaining to me for myself. But then also if I do have a few people that, you know, enjoy it and play it, even if it's not a smash success. Enjoy it or play it or read it or whatever I'm trying to do. You know, I uh, that's where I get my satisfaction, I guess. I guess that's what I'm trying mm. to say in that bio. And I will say that bio, I didn't put too, too much effort into. <laughs> but, it, 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 you know, I do believe what I said, I guess, yeah. I like it. You say or whatever you do, you've done a lot of things. You did uh, in 2019, you released an animated film called Astray. And in 2021, you published a book called Daisy Under the Moon. And now you're releasing a game, Bad Isabella, GBA sort of demake, uh, horror game, point and click. But it doesn't feel spooky to me. Other than those demons, it feels a little more, uh, it, it feels like fun horror, you know, not so much like, oh, I'm scared horror. Is that fair to say? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's exactly what I'm going for. Because, uh, nice. I mean, for me, like, I, I definitely do like the scary horror, too. And I think, at least in my book, I was trying to do something a little bit more serious. I'd say the short film was kind of like, I don't know, a mix, maybe. It wasn't too serious, it wasn't too scary, it didn't really have much of a plot, honestly. But, mm. uh, you know, I'm a big fan of stuff like, I think the obvious connection that most people would draw, and they're not wrong, is like stuff like Elvira and all that. It's mm. kind of a big inspiration for Betty Isabella. But also uh, the monsters and stuff like that, or the Adams family, is kind of the vibe I'm going for. For for those of, of you listening who might not know uh, Elvira, I know her as Booberella from The Simpsons. If that helps anyone listening, uh, like the horror, uh, one of the horror icons, uh, definitely seems to be the inspiration for Batty's character design in the game. Uh, before we get into the game, though, uh, I'm running, is Flynn a good dungeon master? He uh, <laughs> recommended this game to me, and I'm always curious how he is. Uh, I've had him as a co-worker and, of course, as a friend, but how does he manage the dungeon? Oh, well, no, he's definitely... I mean, first of all, I think he's the only one of us that would want to be the dungeon master, but he's very passionate about it, and he... Uh, <laughs> no, he's a great... He's a great dungeon master, yeah. No, he's, uh, you know, not to uh, butter him up too much, but he... Uh, no, he's good at, like, describing the scene and the setting and all that stuff. He definitely is good at keeping everybody invested. So, yeah, no, it's been fun. I don't play D&D &D with any other groups, honestly. So Nice. Testament to play. He had a, when I worked with him at Remy Games, he had a turn-based, ongoing, like, battle on the side of his computer. He, like, taped a monster to oh. it, and when you walked by his desk, you would roll the die and <laughs> see what you did. The daily slog. Yeah, basically. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, had yeah, that going for us, too, yeah. So I'm curious why you jumped from medium to medium, because it, it would seem to me like, <clears throat> and the traditionally other artists I've, I've talked to sort of, you, you spend a lot of time making games because you want to like really hone that craft, but jumping from a, a book to a, or a, a movie to a book to a game, how, how was that process for you and how did that happen? Well, I think, uh, I guess originally maybe when I was like a teenager, I kind of wanted to 
do books originally, and it seemed mm. like I, I still believe that writing is kind of like the most basic and uh, I don't want to say pure, but like kind of pure in the sense that you have a story idea and you have all these character ideas. The mm. easiest quote unquote way you can realize that is just by you know putting it to paper because you don't have mm. to uh, draw a bunch of stuff. You don't have to do anything aside from just the pure story like written down, you know? So I think writing is actually kind of how I started, but it took me a very long time to ever try to actually do a book, but I was always interested in making characters in general. But I mean, honestly, uh, like the studio I work in, like animation, I do work in like television stuff. And, uh, Mm. I kind of am like a generalist there at the studio as well. I guess I've just always been interested in all aspects of, you know, creating a production, creating a story and worlds. So I've always been a huge, huge gamer, for sure. I didn't mm. even necessarily see myself making games until uh, kind of somewhat recently. So that's my next question. How, how did you get started with game development? Well, uh, I think, honestly, it was a buddy of mine who uh, just mentioned GB Studio one time, like the like a software you could use to actually make games that ran on Game Boy. Like, I didn't know what the hell he was talking about at first. I was like, what do you mm-hmm. mean? Like, you make a game for, like, old hardware? Because, I mean, me, I'm kind of... An, more of a old school quote unquote gamer, I guess. I mean, I have newer stuff, obviously, but I, I've always like I grew up with you know. Uh, well, I think the first thing I had was Sega Master System. Game mm. Game Boy is really nostalgic for me in particular. Uh, so that's why you settled on that style for Bad Isabella. Yeah, well, yeah, especially like the <laughs> the old like monochrome, monochrome kind of green look. I remember playing like Link's Awakening and Mario Land stuff like that like years and years ago. And I think that kind of just vibe in general stuck with me. And so when I, yeah, when I heard that you could actually, that there was like a whole community of people that were making new games for like old hardware, I was kind of fascinated by that. So I, I looked into it and yeah, the whole Betty Isabella thing kind of spiraled from that, I guess. And the monochrome look of it is also, you know, in part a retro thing, but also kind of feeds into part of the inspiration for the project which is old stuff like the adams family and the monsters and stuff like that which was black and white anyway so it kind of works for the Mm. vibe overall Uh, what is the elevator pitch you give people for bad isabella well i wrote it down on the website at some point but i think uh the whole (laughs) the whole idea i kind of had in my mind i guess i'm talking about it well i mean it is definitely just like a classic horror adventure game is basically what it is, like a comedy horror. But I, I really say the whole kind of idea with the project is to kind of just like to try to make something that really pushed an old piece of hardware to its limit. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think it's really interesting. Like a lot of people do the retro look now, which is totally cool. And I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, into, I'm into that, obviously. Uh, but I think it's like kind of an, another layer of sort of intriguing to try to actually work within restrictions like you actually you know it's not just like i'm trying to make it look that way it's like i don't have i don't have a choice because i actually have to make it run on the old hardware you know that's something we, we talk about a lot on this program those those constraints i think are where a lot of the interesting things come out because like necessity is some other invention when you have a very small box to work in you're, you're going to try to do as many different things in that box as you can to make it interesting right oh for sure i mean it's like a classic example i guess people talking about uh the old Silent Hill games and stuff and how like all oh, the fog was such a part of the atmosphere and it was done as like a hardware limitation or as they say anyway mm-hmm. you know but, like things like that come from you know creativity is spawned from limitation for sure the uh uh character Bad Isabella very obviously inspired by Elvira but um 
were there any other inspirations for her design uh, or uh, games that you would say inspired Bad Isabella? Yeah, well, it's funny. Like, so many people compared to uh, Shadowgate, I think, comes up a lot. Which, uh, you know, there was one on, like, the old NES and all this. And well, and that was more of a first-person dungeon crawler kind of thing. Which mm. I can... Un- there's definitely comparable aspects to the gameplay. Because the gameplay in general for Bad Isabella... I would say originates from like old PC adventure games for sure. But honestly, I'd say my inspirations come a little bit more, well, I say modern, but not so modern, but like mid nineties to early two thousands of like the resident evil and silent hill games and stuff like that, Mm. which essentially were point and click adventure games at their core anyway, just with guns. Right. And uh, moving a character that seemed to be like, I'm not very familiar with this genre, but a distinction when I was doing some research for this was whether you move the character or whether you move a cursor and click. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Well, that's definitely like a big distinction. Yeah. I guess because, you know, point and click would literally be you're pointing and clicking. Whereas mm. something like Resident Evil, you are navigating a character third person. But you know the gameplay and stuff is still very much the same idea. Yeah, it's, you're doing like you're collecting an inventory. You're sort of doing like escape room style puzzles and like uh, order of operation puzzles almost. Yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, yeah, I'd say my inspirations probably come more from mid to late '90s to early 2000s for the gameplay. But uh, but I mean stuff like Shadowgate and old adventure games certainly it all plays a part in it. And I don't really know if, uh, I mean, yeah, I do keep up with gaming stuff for sure these days, but I am a little bit behind the times in some ways. But I will say, uh, yeah, it's it's like I kind of feel like maybe the adventure, the point-and-click adventure thing is coming back a little bit. It never really went away, I wouldn't say. But I think mm. for a while people were kind of like a little bit tired out from puzzles where you had to like think too hard. <laughs> mm, and they shut LucasArts down. <laughs> that was a bunch of it. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 for sure. Although yeah, we got a new Monkey Island this year, so Yeah, Monkey yeah. Monkey Island yeah. to Bad Isabella. It's coming back, baby. There I you believe. go, yeah. Yeah, I'm part of the wave, that's right. <laughs> Anytime I see a, a designer trying to emulate an, an older game, I, I always find there's a, a tension between capturing the feel and aesthetic of that game while making it not feel as bad to play to modern audiences as a lot of those games are. Um, and most recently, we talked to Symbiosis Games, who's trying to do a modern take on Chaos Theory. And, and one of the things they said is, like, we just couldn't release Chaos Theory today. Like, we've learned so much about game design since then, and, and some of the controls are so outdated. But we wanted it to still feel like how you remember playing those games. I'm curious, with Bad Isabella, how much tension was there between, I want this to feel like those old games, but still be accessible to someone like me playing it in 2022, who's never really played some of those old games? Yeah, that was a good question. And I think my answer for it uh, kind of comes back to me talking about trying to push old hardware to its like limits. Because for me, mm. uh, the idea with the game, it wasn't so much like, I want to make a game that feels old. It's more mm. like, I want to make a game that is actually still really fun to play now. It just happens to run on older hardware, you know? So it was huh. like... It was more like, uh, yeah, it definitely takes inspiration from stuff. But to go back to like something like Shadowgate, I mean, if you look up a, a video of Shadowgate, it's much more complicated than the, the gameplay in Bad Isabella. There's all these different options, like, you know, check, take, or whatever, or read. You kind of have to, like, there's a lot more setup involved. 
Mm -hmm. Whereas I've sort of tried to streamline, I mean, partly I've tried to streamline it because of the restrictions of the hardware. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to keep things kind of simple, but also I want to make it a sort of point and click adventure game that it, it is kind of accessible to people. Like it's not too cryptic. So it is sort of enjoyable. And in terms of the gameplay, I wasn't really sticking to any particular convention aside from, you know, all mm. its points a point and click with puzzles. But, I was trying to make something that I thought could appeal to modern players as mm -hmm. well as people that would, you know, appreciate kind of an old school game. But it really is like me trying to be like, oh, well, I want to make something new for mm. for the Game Boy. Not that, like, I want people to believe that Betty Isabella could have been released in, like, 96 or something. Right. You know? What would a good Game Boy game feel like if it was made and released in 2022, kind of? Yeah, I think that's kind of more what I'm going for. Yeah, which is why, like, visually, I'm trying to push it to like the maximum of what the Game Boy could really do. I was looking. At, I was on YouTube today. I was watching some Shadowgate, watching some Sword of Hope from the Game Boy, trying to get a feel for this this genre. And yeah, Batty's uh, pixel art is def like well done. I, I noticed the the, oh, the, no. the detail that couldn't have been achieved. It wasn't being achieved back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, appreciate that. I mean. And I don't know. Maybe they didn't have as useful of tools back then. And also, maybe mm. it just wasn't a priority. But, uh, you know, stuff like Game Boy Studio, it's pretty cool because you can uh, you can sort of really easily keep track of when you're really riding that line, when you're kind of pushing things too far. And it's very easy to test, you know, like immediately to see if, well, is this scene going to just collapse at, at the seams <laughs> when, I, when I run right. this? And uh, so far, I've been I've managed to achieve a pretty good look, I think. Because, yeah, it's, uh, I guess that's what I'm saying. Part of the what drove the aesthetic of the game. Oh, there's quite a few things, actually. But, yeah, limitation, it definitely comes from limitation, partly. Like, uh, I've, I mean, I've told people anyway that with the backdrops, I was able to make them as detailed as I, as I did. Uh, because I actually, the black border that kind of goes around all the backdrops, it is kind mm -hmm. of, like, used as part of the HUD or the interface. But it does actually save on a lot of, like, you know, restrictions with the amount of detail I could have if I just have this pure black kind of surrounding the whole screen it makes it so I can focus the detail on a much smaller area of the screen and uh, you know it's like pixel limitations like <laughs> unique tile limitations right and also like I was playing it like I just opened it on itch.io and then control zoomed in a bunch whereas on a Game Boy screen that would I'm very limited like I have only one I can just move the Game Boy closer to my face you know what I mean yeah 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 how hard was it to present the rooms in a way that made sense to players to navigate because a lot of these fixed camera games really tripped me up but it really only took me a few minutes to figure out the house and i was pretty impressed with my my ability to get around uh which i assume is something you tweaked over and over again to make me feel that way so how was that <laughs> process it is funny you brought that up because this is something i tweaked like just probably like less than a week ago actually <laughs> nice. but it uh it yeah no it's been it definitely has been tweaked a bit uh, since the beginning, like there was a mm. demo, there was a demo version probably two or three months ago, which was just a portion of the house, and uh, mm. so it was pretty much the same. But I had a few people eventually tell me that, like, uh, so there's a couple of rooms where you can turn the camera like 180 degrees, mm -hmm. and so the recent version that you must have played was uh, I did tweak it so that yeah, it's it's a bit more logical. At one point, it was kind of I was sort of mixing like first person and third-person mentality, mm. where where I had her enter, if you clicked on a door, 
she would kind of like come into that room, but it would be that you were seeing the angle of the door you just came through. You, you'd kind of be facing back toward the door you came through. And uh, it, I mean, it, to me, it kind of worked during development. And then you would have to turn the camera to see the rest of the room. But uh, I don't know. I had a couple of people that were a little tripped up going around the house. So I changed it recently to sort of be more like, well, you are literally looking through her eyes in most cases. Mm. So the camera will be facing like, you know, well, the way you would actually enter a room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's kind of weird to explain, but anyway, point is it uh, <laughs> it works a lot better now. So I'm glad you say that because it was uh, something that yeah I got feedback on and I did change. So it definitely nice. was a bit of a fine balance, and uh, you know I have a map that hopefully helps people out in the game as well. Was there anything, uh, any skills or lessons you learned from from working in animation or book writing that you were able to apply in uh, Batty Zabella? Zabella, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I think there's definitely. All that stuff eventually carries over. I suppose that's one interesting thing about jumping between mediums, because, uh, you know, I think maybe if you focus your skill set in one place, you maybe, I mean, not, you know, it's like people definitely hone their craft for sure. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that there may be aspects of something that you might not have considered or wouldn't really have the insight on. So I think for a film, well, from filmmaking, I think I was able to, uh, have a pretty solid grasp on how to do my, you know, quote unquote cutscenes for Bad Isabella and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I learned a lot about, you know, framing and storyboarding and all that stuff from my film work and how to sort of compose a shot. So I kind of feel that carries over to my sort of cutscene shots and even the composition of the the angles around the house and stuff like that, showing what's important. Maybe that's another reason why you found it was easy to navigate the house because mm. you can kind of know what to draw somebody's eye to. Uh, but also for writing, for sure. I mean, with the book, I think the most painful process of that was editing. Uh, which, you know, I had an editor, but it's not really enough to have one other set of eyes on something sometimes, so I had to kind of reread my book and check for spelling mistakes and all this over and over and over. <laughs> mm. So I think even for the... Because it's a fair bit of dialogue in Bad Isabella, so I would certainly hate to release it and have typo after typo, you know? <laughs> fair, fair bit of funny dialogue in Bad Isabella, too. I like... Uh, I like... It's like an explicit <clears throat> not character design but she's very scantily clad but she's ta- <laughs> like when, when something spooks her she goes holy moly or stuff like that uh, um was was that balance hard to find in terms of like making this too adult or not adult enough well i don't know i mean i, I think uh, yeah it was kind of like a conscious decision of like yeah i'm really kind of pushing it with her her character design her outfit and all that but i think it's like i figured i do consider it to be kind of geared toward adults for sure mm. because of you know the nature of it but uh, i thought yeah so i can i can push the boundary with having her her outfit be a bit much oh, like i say it's inspired by elvira and stuff like that which it's kind of that, that's part of the humor of that stuff as well but mm. uh i decided to make her sort of restrained in terms of like you know the language she uses <laughs> and all that <laughs> i thought oh that'd be funny if she's kind of like a little bit much and yeah scantily clad and all that but she is uh she never like swears. <laughs> you know. I gotta know why did the pooping mini game get scrapped? <laughs> well, uh, it may not have been scrapped. Oh, did I not click enough? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I might be revisiting this this evening. Uh, well, like I'll tell you, don't. Uh, I'll the only hint I'll give you: don't focus on that toilet too much. Not that particular toilet. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, revisit yeah. and try to find the pooping mini game. There's a. There is one big one that mm. is like a, a bonus that's hidden in the game, and I uh, I won't say exactly how it's unlocked, but it is one that you actually have to unlock. It's uh, 
kind of a bit of an Easter egg hunt that exists in the game that I think mm. is going to is going to take people a little bit of time to actually figure out. We'll see. Is that the one you tweeted, perchance? Uh, yes, <laughs> it is related Excellent. to that. Yes, yes. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's true. So the mini game, there is footage of it out there. So yeah, that that is definitely the one. And I'll tell you, that nice. one was kind of a pain in the ass to, to make <laughs> but it looked hard man like it, it looks <laughs> tricky oh man yeah well it's based on a real game right it's like ice cold beer uh, uh it's like a machine they have one here in town actually that me and my buddies played like too many times over the years really but so i wanted to capture it and that's how you actually play the game right so you balance a marble on a rod mm. get it into the the holes that are lit up so to get that faithful man yeah it was like more complicated than the game itself it was a little like, I, at one point i was like this is crazy why am i doing this like i don't know if, anybody, I don't know if anybody's even gonna care about this minigame but uh no i did it anyway and i think uh yeah my buddies my my ice cold beer buddies approved of it so i think it did an okay job anyway that's the nice. one that i like there's actually again give, maybe giving too much away but yeah there's a secret area also that is that minigame that is that's, you know that you unlock so it's like a whole little area in a mini game that people can find in the game, and I hope some people eventually find it. I might have to throw hints out there at some point. We'll see. That leans more towards the entertaining to experience rather than the enjoyable to create, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, no. At one point, I think I was yeah, I was really fed up with it one evening, <laughs> and I just kind of stepped away from it. But I came back to it a couple days later, and then it started to click. But yeah, I had to really do some weird stuff with that one to make it work. Other than the game's poster, which is done by fellow Canadian Boneflowers on Twitter, did you do everything else in the game? Yes. Wow, <laughs> that's so impressive, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's uh, it's been yeah. I mean, surprisingly, I was able to do it in kind of a not too long amount of time. But, How long do you think? Uh, well, it's been I would say four months, maybe four months, huh. or something, which is not too bad. Uh, no, that's I'll... that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a little shorter than my other projects, but it's. Uh, I mean, honestly, it was. I think because of back, you know, working in animation and stuff like that, usually trying to work on things at like a at least a 1080 resolution. Right. Uh, doing these little like backdrops in you know this tiny tiny Game Boy resolution was. Like, I was able to do them pretty quickly, I guess. So it was sort of refreshing in that way, working on a smaller scale for Earth. It is it is funny to me that between a short film, a book, and a game, you were able to finish the game the fastest. I would have guessed the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I won't lie. I mean, the the GB Studio is like a pretty damn good engine, so it, it helped in that way of like you know some things are just kind of already figured out for you. I'm sure if I was trying to right. program a Game Boy game from scratch, I mean, I'd be here for like right. thirty years. I saw someone got it running on a Game Boy. So is that just like a, a, a Raspberry Pi situation, or was someone able to like mod a cart? So it's a real game boy rom like it, it totally i have like it's, i have a flash card myself where i can mm. put like a little micro sd into it and uh, then it, it just runs it just runs on a game boy from that uh it doesn't need to be modded or anything that's awesome i just got my playdate yesterday and i'm, I'm really curious if, if anyone's done any game boy stuff on the playdate i might try to get Batty Isabella running on that yeah, the play date's cool. To be honest with you, I I know about like analog pocket and stuff like that, but I don't even uh, really know that much about the play date scene. I 
assume people are probably able to put uh, Game Boy stuff on there. But I think a lot of it is like original content, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Although the cool thing about that is their SDK is um, usable in the browser. So like <laughs> some people could just make games from a different tab at work, which is kind of cool. But oh wow, yeah. That's I'm cool. sure people are are gonna get Game Boy stuff on there. No time at all. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, no, it's like the scene is really cool. I mean, it's amazing what's going on these days with people just keeping retro alive. And that, mm-hmm. like, t- t- for me personally, that, that definitely is a big deal because, like I say, I love the retro stuff. I'm curious, what do you want folks to know about the design of Bad Isabella that might not jump out at them from playing? Maybe, like, a detail, uh, a design choice. Uh, what's something you're really proud of that you hope people notice? Well, I mean, I think it was I was good to hear from you that the, the navigation is good. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't know, I think, uh, yeah, just, well, you know what, I guess I'll say that, like, sort of the idea I have with the game when it comes to that sort of thing is, uh, I really like these, these characters that it's kind of the characters inspired by, and the humor of these classic kind of, like, horror comedies and stuff like that, but I kind of feel like, and I could be mistaken, I'm sure stuff has been done in the vein of it, mm-hmm. but I feel like, you know, there hasn't really been so many horror video games that kind of captured that sort of vibe from these old shows or movies or whatever, you know? And, like, it's, it's, uh... I guess, with Bad Isabella, I'd, I'd like people to be able to kind of get that experience, but in, you know, bringing it into, like, the video game world a little bit more, so... Mm-hmm. There actually was an Elvira game once. <laughs> like, a, a weird adventure one on the PC. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. She licensed but... everything. <laughs> oh, my God, does she ever, yeah. No, power to her. But it's, yeah. uh... <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Is I just I like that kind of the idea of bringing that sort of that sort of aesthetic and vibe and humor. And you know, it it goes it goes further back than Elvira too. I mean, like you know, the concept of Betty Isabella, the whole look, it all stems from Morticia Adams, really, from Adams family. I mean, mm. uh, that kind of all started with like comics in the the 40s or something. I'm pretty sure. So you had right. you had Morticia Adams, then you had Vampira, and then that became Elvira ultimately. So. And a lot of those things shared some ideas of like humor and uh, aesthetic and all that, and I guess I just kind of want to try to bring that into game form, and and hopefully people really like that. A, a mode of horror that's not usually captured in games. Yeah, I guess so. And again, I'd, like I say, I don't want to say like on the first. I'm sure it's been done, <laughs> but uh, right. I just feel like it's not really so widespread these days. Excellent. Well, that's uh, all the questions I had. Um, is there anything else you want people to know about Bad Isabella? I will say, out October 31st, $6.66, of course. Uh, and we'll put all the links in the show notes. But yeah, anything you want people to know about the game, your studio? Well, I'll probably say, because I have had people ask a lot if there's going to be a physical release eventually. Which, uh, mm. like, yeah, I definitely do want to do that. <laughs> but Excellent. Uh, there were just a couple little issues I ran into, uh, but it is going to get sorted eventually, hopefully. Uh, well, I will say, like, guaranteed, there's got to be a physical release eventually, but it just might not be immediately, you know. It's obviously not going to be on the 31st. That's but, exciting, uh, though. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the whole reason. Well, one of the big reasons we got the, the cover art going and everything like that, because, you know, the idea is to have a little box and everything for it eventually, which would be pretty awesome. Hashtag physical forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no i'm definitely a, a physical kind of mentality guy same but uh yeah no so that's probably what i'd like people to know eventually it will happen and i am hoping if this game does kind of okay and people want to see more that i can make you know a couple sequels at the very least see where it goes bat isabella 2 uh <laughs> bat bat boy goes to college uh <laughs> yeah something like that something like that yeah then he'll have some spin-off game and all that and there you go 
Sweet. Well, thank you so much, Kyle Sharp, for taking the time out of your Friday evening to chat with us on this spooky weekend. Uh, the game is Bad Isabella, October 31st, itch.io, uh, just itch.io or anywhere else? Uh, for now, it is just itch.io, yeah. But uh, nice. we'll see what happens after that, I guess. Excellent. Sweet. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and again, links in the show notes. Have a spooky weekend, everyone. Thanks for having me. See ya. Yeah.